0: One, two, three, four, five. Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on episode 81, uh, which still kind of throws me off because I, I felt like 81 should have been last week. But of course, we're in this bi, uh, bi-weekly format now, so that's not happening. I thought um, you
1: were trying to work out something clever about number 81. Uh, it's nine times nine. Does that help? Ooh, that's nice. I like yeah. that.
0: A little bit of multiplication there. Yeah, Dude, I
1: love a good square number.
0: Yeah, exactly to square root it um but yeah so this podcast uh we've mostly got games to talk about uh because in the past two weeks blue and i have both been playing um actually just Shit, independent like, random sing-
1: games random, random single player games. we're not going to talk about them
0: <laughs> well the two that i've been playing in particular are both older games one is mm. from like the not ni- the late 90s and one of them is the well and the other one is from much more recently uh, but I'm going to start off with the more recent one. Okay. Uh, so there's a series of games called the uh, Zero Escape series.
1: My God, what's that, Kaiser? <laughs> you
0: don't know damn well what it is. Um, so the Zero Escape series, it's a series of three games that were originally released for, I think the first one is actually a DS game. Second game was for the PS Vita and the 3DS, mm. and then the third game was for the 3DS and PS Vita as well, and that one took a long time to come out because the fr- it, was, it wasn't even certain if the third game was going to come out because it was kind of Meh popularity for him at the time, but they they're on Steam now I've had them for a while and I finally have been uh, giving them a replay uh, what are you doing them? So they're the way the games work They're heavily story based, but they're they're puzzle games escape room essentially Mm -hmm. um so you for whatever reason you and nine other people are trapped in a facility no idea how you got there is this the anime escape room one it's Uh, like
1: anime saw
0: the first one is much more anime yeah yeah it's kind of anime
1: and i think the very first scene it's like if you choose the right choice in a 50 50 scenario we just let you out and you win the game that's the third game Okay, I have seen a tiny bit of this, and I thought it was fucking awesome when I saw it, especially because yeah. I hate things like Saw, but if they're anime, it's funny. It's somewhat better, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah, so the first game, um, I think it's called, uh, it's a 999, like 9 9 rooms, 9 people, 9 hours or something like that, or 9 doors, 9... I, the 9s stand was for it...
1: something. W- well, the British police force? <laughs> Is that is that the number you have over there? That's what you you call nine one one. We call nine nine nine. Okay, in
0: and J- Japan, I know it's uh, I think it's like one one zero or zero one one or something like that.
1: In Australia, because on the other side of the world from us, it's six six six. It's very bad. They often get the wrong person. picking it's up. Just, it's just upside down. Um, but yeah, the so devil I've turns up.
0: the oh. one I've been playing through recently is the uh, the second game in the series, which is called Virtue's Last Reward. Um, right. and very emo. Yeah, they, they've it's I, I imagine there's a bit of English that went into naming these games. Mm. Um, they just thought it sounded cool, but the games are cool. So what they, they do, so the the primary gameplay is solving puzzles and figuring out how to escape these rooms, but what they do what they do that I found really fascinating, because the the story bits are kind of in a visual novel format, with some like animated cutscenes in the later games, but in the early ones because of the technology, it was more just like visual novel format where there's a picture of someone talking and then a text box at the bottom of the screen. Second game mm-hmm. added voice acting. Third game had like actual moving, somewhat <clears throat> moving cutscenes, um, and the puzzles get progressively more complicated and interesting as the you go through the first and the second and the third game. In the, um, uh, so one of the things that they did in all three games that I found really, really cool, uh, an element of visual novels is you're making choices throughout the story and there'll be branching paths. They actually made that not only part of the gameplay, but part of the plot. So you going back and making other choices is actually part of the plot in these games. Um... And I will preface before I go any further that, like, if I explain that statement, it's a bit of a spoiler, but they do it in a very interesting way.
1: Okay, do they have time travel mechanics? Not necessarily. Okay, I mean, I feel anyone who has listened to this point be aware spoilers are coming. Yeah, this will spoil something about the series. It won't spoil the plot,
0: but it will spoil, like, a major twist. Um, that the shows that was up
1: with them all along.
0: <laughs> so it's not necessarily time travel, but there are certain people who have this sort of um, semi-psychic ability, and they they explain it through like quantum physics, like you, you the, the whole idea of there being infinite universes. Yeah. that certain people are, are more in touch
1: with what they are doing in those other
0: universes and where they
1: are. Okay, so parallel universes some people can see through gateways or windows into them and they yeah. see your their friend being smashed up by a giant hammer and they're like, I'm not gonna do that. Yeah it, and it's not quite that
0: it's not quite that nice about it either. It's not like they, those things don't happen. It's those things do happen, but the per, like one person is able to essentially overwrite themselves in another parallel universe and take them over and basically erase the them that is over there and you know take over their their timeline. Um, they they go through it in, in pretty deep. They have like logs that you can actually read into like all the the lore as to how this functions in game. But point being. In, in the actual plot of the storyline, you are going back to those other plot points and living through it again. Um,
1: I remember, because I watched a little bit of this series, and mm. obviously this is all going to be from the same game, because I only watched a little bit of it and it was one game. Um, they were in like a room with a nuclear reactor or something, or maybe it was a bomb or something. It looked like a reactor. Yeah. And there was a chair there, which was very clearly had like, it had arms on it, and very clearly the arms were going to clasp your arms there. The arms of the chair, we're going to clasp your hands inside the chair, right? That happens in the first game. And there's like a box next to the chair at head height. And it's like how fucking, da- like, it's it's got the old movie trope of everyone in the movie, horror movie, is stupid. Hmm. But in the game, you think there's going to be a bit more like can't I put a, like a brick on the chair or something so the it's- pressure plate goes off but uh, I'm not going to put my fucking arms on the arms of the fucking chair where there's clearly a trap. There are pieces
0: of that, um, but at the same time, in most of these games, if they don't actually play the game, if they don't solve the puzzles, they're just Fairly fucking killed.
1: Out. Yeah, they're dead. Yeah, but they just need to put something heavy on there and they need to fucking something on there and put their arms on it. There's yeah. nothing about putting their arms on the arms. There. Th- that that was from
0: the first game, and yeah, there's a lot more contrived points like that. The second game gets better about it, and I think the third game gets even better. But in the second game, the one thing, and this might just this is just I think really a cultural difference between Japan and the U.S. In my case, because like there's a guy who's about to screw everyone else over, and um, like, and he just gives his speech about how he's going to screw everyone else over, and I'm like, two of you are bigger than him fucking take his ass down (laughs) like so I I, there there's that but I kind of get what they were going for they're going for like a detective plot where they're you're solving the mystery and you're piecing they do a very good job of kind of feeding you little bits of information so that you'll like pick up on it and slowly begin to piece things together Um, playing through the game this is the second time I played through it Uh, I think the last time was like four years ago when it first came out for the PS Vita Um, so it's cool going back through it again because I know now like a lot of the end game plot, and so playing through it again, I'm noticing things I didn't notice my first time through. It, it's a very well written series, although the one, the one thing that really gets under my my skin it's the anime trope of they they won't explain something once when they can explain it five times in a row
1: in a flashbacks.
0: It's just like, it's like, oh, if you do this, you will die. You mean if we do this, we'll die? Yes, if you do this, you'll die. And if you do this, you'll die. You mean if we do this, we'll die? It's like, yeah. okay, I got it the first time you said it. Shut up.
1: So would you say that the puzzle aspect is better or worse than Dr. Clayton? Who's Dr. Clayton? Uh, was it not Clayton? The, the brown-hatted professor dude on the DS who did the puzzle games. I don't know that game. I'll quickly look at
0: that You'll, you'll have to look that, yeah. But anyway, so I'm, I'm almost done with the second game in the series on the PC now, and then I fully plan to play the uh, third one. Professor Layton. Professor Layton. I still don't know it.
1: Okay. It's a very
0: popular DS series with puzzles. So the puzzles range in difficulty from point-and-click adventure game, where if you have all the pieces, you can solve it to actually difficult things like word puzzles and math puzzles and um y- visual puzzles like you'll get an image and you'll get a couple of visual clues and you have to work out the rest from there um and there's also a couple like sliding block puzzles which those annoy the shit out of me but there's a wide <laughs> <quite> on. <laughs> there's a wide puzzle variety and some of them are quite uh intellectually stimulating let's say and some are just fucking aggravating. <laughs> yep. There was one... Uh, oh, also, yep. just one last thing about the puzzles in the second game. Each of them has two solutions. One that you need to right. progress the story. And one where you get extra information and details in a secret file. Um, and that second one isn't necessary. It's just to give extra context and a reward for figuring out the more difficult version of the puzzle. Second thing... Before I forget, there's two modes in the second game, easy and hard. Yeah. In easy, every time you screw up, your compatriots who are there with you will give you hints constantly. And I'm playing it on hard mode because that really annoyed me. I'm like, I wanna figure it out myself.
1: Yeah. Anyway. No, I hate when puzzle games give you hints and things. Yeah. Uh what's your rate count ten? Uh for for that game? Yep. Uh
0: pff, first game I'd probably put around like a six or so it was it was, it was okay. pretty good for that kind of game second game i definitely rate higher probably around a seven or an eight somewhere in that mm-hmm. range third game i don't remember enough about it and i'm not replaying it right now but my guess is that it would be either on par or better than the second game from what i remember about it because okay. my experience was the story got better with each game and so did the puzzles they got better with each game so i i was i was a fan
1: I see. Nice. So you'd recommend one of the later ones?
0: Yeah, I, I'd highly recommend. You don't really need to play the. They're all they're all connected. Like, and there are certain repeat characters, so you gain something from playing all three games in but order. Not
1: necessary, but
0: it's not necessary. You can play any of them in any order. Doesn't matter. Um, but I the two that I would say are the best to play are the second and the third games if you like those types of games. So
1: I see. Well, I too have been playing a sequel. Uh, this is. The uh, Nino Kuni Two, I can't remember what the subtitle is. Nino Kuni. So, just for reference, I
0: think Nino Kuni means. So, No Kuni means my country, or whatever "ni" means. The nope. country of ni. <laughs> kuni Kuni means country in j- Japanese. The Knights of Ni. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's the Knights of Ni's country. <laughs> um, uh, but yes, the, so I'm playing the the second edition. No, that's the wrong word. I've been playing the second game. Yeah. Um, and it is vastly, vastly different from the first one. So much so that I would not actually compare either of them as being the same kind of game in any way. Um, for a start, they're set in two very different time zone, Time timelines? Time zone, no, time periods? T- t- same timeline. Time periods. Time periods. Thank you. Uh, time commas. And they... The first one is all about you play as a little boy there's a very emotional beginning to it you get quite attached to the characters they have a lot of and there's a lot of storytelling to it um certainly first part of the game you're probably doing spending more time in cutscenes than in gameplay which normally i'd have a problem with but studio ghibli did the artwork for this game and so it looks fucking beautiful pardon my french it does uh,
0: have a very ghibli look from what i've seen of it yeah
1: hmm Uh, also it has some just excellent character creation. It has a little Welsh fairy, uh, who is just so Welsh. It's brilliant. Uh, uh, yeah, I really like the main character of it, which, I mean, quite often main characters in games these days, they try and make them as bland and generic as possible so anyone can put themselves into their shoes. Um, I wouldn't say Ollie is bland. Uh... And you certainly have a very strong emotional connection after what happens in the first 10 minutes of the game. Uh, and then it becomes kind of a, uh, a game where you travel from kingdom to kingdom, uh, solving people's problems and fighting these uh, creatures, which, if anyone out there is familiar with Pokemon... It's a lot like Pokemon.
0: <laughs> Can I, I? I feel like I, I do need to interject one thing. I, I watched. I jumped in one time when Blue was playing this, and he was streaming it on Discord.
1: This is New Two. You're talking about. Yes.
0: Yeah. You were you were playing through it, and I I popped in, and um, you know, unlike a lot of JRPGs where you're fighting with a sword or a bow or some spells, he pulls what out. What you a, do? He does, but he also pulled out a Glock and shot a monster. Yeah.
1: That's number two there. We're going to get to that. All right. Uh, Just yeah, a little, little bit of spice that's coming up. So for the first game... So, yes, you, you go to these the, these amazing settings, the castle that... The first place you go to is a castle that has, like, cat people. Not in a weird way, all right? <laughs> uh, and they have a mouse problem, and you find out that the magical world and the real world have some links. Like, a lot of the people are in both worlds. Um... And so, yes, he goes out and tries to cure people of... Basically, the the, the Dark Lord, as it were, in the magical realm, has to- taken away parts of people's hearts. And so Ollie is going around taking the excess happiness or contentment or... Um, what's the word when you have things in moderation? Restraint? Yeah. Uh, taking the, the excess amounts of that from people and giving it to the people who have had that taken away from them. So uh literally ripping the parts of people 's hearts out and sticking on other people um,
0: yeah it's a bit of a it 's a bit uh, fucked up when you think
1: about it, but go on well but the, it feels good apparently to the people who's ripping the hearts out of, and he is get, asking their permission first, so it 's all right um, okay and yes, it's like a Pokemon aspect where you collect uh a team of uh monsters, I think they're just called monsters in this. And then you fight other monsters to get through, and there are bosses and etc. A lot of cool character designs. The compendium, which is in it, it's called The Wizard's Notebook, I think, is probably the biggest in-game book I've ever seen. It is massive. And... I feel like if you're the kind of person that sits down and reads text in games, this is like nirvana for you.
0: Yeah, that's kind of... it's tempt-
1: a real fucking book, pretty much. So, I, I'm the kind of person
0: that, like, Mass Effect, one of my favorite things about the games was the Codex, where they explained all of the the world's lore and, like, what this species does and how their culture was and what was the political shit that happened to them a thousand years ago. I read all exactly. of
1: Exactly. And there's, like, a bunch of like, stories and things from that world as well. Uh, no lasty Argonian maids but there you <laughs> go it's more of a children's uh, story uh, anyway so I'm not going to get to any more spoilers for that because that's not the game I'm talking about Lino Cooney 2 opens up and there is the president in his limousine driving towards I uh, should clarify
0: the president of the United States right?
1: President of the United States well who else I mean a lot of countries <clears throat> have presidents even France has a president driving in a limousine towards a big built up city that looks like Gotham Uh, and suddenly there's a nuke goes off in the city ahead of him there's a bright flash of white, and he wakes up outside of a young child's bedroom in a different world Uh, that child is the king of or the future king of Ding Dong Dell which is a place from the first which is a place from the first uh, what's the word, game
0: versus game, yeah, I'm sorry
1: and the king has just been assassinated by one of his advisors and so you're trying to get this kid out of the castle uh, but fortunately you're teleported with your trusty Glock as Kaiser pointed out <laughs> so you're fighting predominantly with swords and then your ranged weapon you pull out, yeah, the old Glock <laughs> I love I love the idea of like
0: you know the the person in Japan who was making this game the studio who made the the, the, the executive decision okay. The American president is going to be a character in this story. What does he need?
1: A Glock. <laughs> what? <You> know, a <laughs> Glock that doesn't run out of ammo. Um, that is magical. It's recharged with mana. Uh, so, you uh, escape the castle. And you do a bunch of other shenanigans, you get some other people on board. And the combat is very different, because in the first game, it's essentially you versus a maximum of three enemies, and you use your minions, or monsters, whatever, to fight them, or you use yourself with, like, casting spells, right? Hmm. In this, there's up to, like, ten enemies at once, and you don't have... There's no minions, you don't have control of any monsters in this game. Uh, the battlefield is kind of different, the w- way that abilities work is very different. The fact that you have... Because, okay, in the original one you had, like, text boxes which you'd click on text boxes to do either a spell, or a normal attack, or a defense. In this one, it's much more one button does one of these things, another does another, and... It's more freeform, I guess. Um and you go into the, the big wide world in this, and you have Chibi characters that represent you on the big world wide world map, which is a bit weird.
0: As you do, like a lot of a lot of uh, Japanese games do that as shorthand. They're like here, here's this cutesy token that represents you and your party.
1: Yeah. Um, anyway, the point I'm trying to get at is the entire gameplay is very different. Halfway, uh, sorry, about an hour in, you get a. Uh, a a city building mechanic, which I fucking love. City building mechanics in any game. Uh, basically, uh, you you know you build a granary. Let's say you come back half an hour later, and the granary's made you a certain amount of tax, which you can reinvest into the kingdom to make more stuff. It mm. means you can have people making special arms and stuff for you i love that shit in fact i left on overnight a few times just so that i could accrue the wealth yeah min maxi and all that because uh and then I, I kind of finished it all and but i was always like a step behind the armor and the gear and stuff that i was picking up from just fighting enemies
0: yeah a lot you of the know? way that the time that's that's how it goes that being said leaving the game on overnight that used to be the um like the way to beat uh, fable 3 because you could invest in property And you needed a lot of money at the end of that game, so you just like leave the you you'd buy a bunch of property, rent it out, crank the rent up, and then just you know turn the TV off, you know, put a rubber band on the controller and leave.
1: Exactly, that's what I did for a lot of uh, a couple of the Assassin's Creed 2 games. Yeah, because they had the same thing, and that's that's why I originally remember it from because when you had like the paintings and um, I mean your original villa, and it was great. I love that. This it's good, and I enjoyed it. Which is kind of sad because you're not really doing anything, and uh, it's. But yeah, it, it didn't really help my actual gameplay. Uh, sadly, I my time would have been. I, I spent probably a third of my game time in that menu. Um, but yeah, so you you kind of go to each of the different cities, much like in the last one. But all the con the continents, while Ding Dong Dell is still in the same. Is still the same city, the entire continent's on has completely changed. And the continents around it have moved places. Uh, it's
0: a bit odd. The name of that city or that country makes me think of two things one, pranks, and two, cows. Because one, pranks because there's a game called ding dong ditch where you go up ring someone's doorbell and then like run oh right yeah it's it's a stupid prank the kids play right don't do Mm. that (laughs) even if it's funny don't do that um (laughs) uh, the other one is because of the old uh rhyme the farmer and the dell and cows had bells on so ding ding and i think of a dell just my brain associates weird things but cows and pranks that's that's why I, i snorted earlier when you first said the name of it
1: well, ironically, the second city um, in the original game uh, was ruled over by a cow person, but that wasn't Ding Dong Dale. <laughs> uh, anyway, so... Uh, yeah, the, the, they also have some different cities. So Ding Dong Dale's the only one that stayed the same. Um, they had a, uh, a city of dogs, which I guess they included because in the last game they had a city of cats and they needed to make it fair for everyone. Uh, Equality. Th- ironically, you're going to love this, the City of Dogs is uh, Chinese-based uh, and is all about gambling. Everything is done through gambling. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, including, like, the, the courts of law and a whole bunch of other things. So, like, 90% of the citizens are massively you know, in debt.
0: You know, I do we, we don't support stereotypes in this podcast.
1: <laughs> that one's funny. <laughs> I mean, it's in the game. Well, I didn't put it there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then you go to a city full of fish people. They were just ticking off the fucking animals, really. Um, like, mer people. Uh, and then a a city of nerds, because they're also animals. (laughs) Starting the rat and cat city, then dog city, then fish city, and then nerd city. Um. It's like the, it's like some weird distortion
0: of like the Mario of like, you know, what is it? Grass world, ice world, ice world, fire worlds, you
1: know. Oh, yeah, the, the. They're
0: the themed yeah. worlds, but it's it's different. You've Boys got end, like ends on volcano Bowser. Yeah, you've, you've now got like you know, cat world, dog world, nerd world. Yeah.
1: Um. Yeah, the game just seems a lot more. Well, for a start, all the mechanics are different. <laughs> so I don't know if you can. Re- I feel like if you change a game that much, you should give it a different title, and say that it's just I'm... a different game.
0: I know that I've played games that have done that before, where they've they've been a sequel, but they've fundamentally changed the way the game works, hmm. and I'm, I, I'm trying to think of the name of the game. It was it was something, for, I want to say it was for the PlayStation 2, but I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, so I don't want to just, like, if I think of it, I'll say it, but I know okay. I've played series that do that before.
1: But yeah, they, they loosely reference a lot of the, the first game, but very loosely, and uh, by the end of the game, so of all the characters, because you pick up a lot of characters for your party throughout the game, the only one I gave a shit about was the American President guy, because he <laughs> basically wielded a gun and a sword. Uh, all the other characters, they had, like, spells I'd never even bothered learning any spells in the entire game, I still managed to complete the game. Um... Because I just let my... Th- I have two companions. Let them. I gave one of them a hammer, one of them a spellbook. Do your own shit. Mm. I'm going to be here with my upgraded Glock, the Blunderbuss. <laughs> Whatever it was. The, the flintlock pistol, that was it. So much more That's powerful than Glock. <laughs> How yeah.
0: the fuck does <clears throat> that
1: work? Fully automatic flintlock, I'll have you know. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> that doesn't even make sense. It's yeah, not a it's, flintlock
1: then. <laughs> it's kind of mad how how you start off with the Glock and then you go back to like Stone Age era gun which it, is better than your Glock and then get better again. The, uh, it, by the end you're using like Plasma Zapper from Space or whatever. It's God. kind of. I was really hoping that Like a couple of hours into the game, I'd have like a machine pistol or just a an MP five or something. Yeah. That'd be fucking cool. It would be no reason for it to be here. There's it would line up.
0: There's um see you know what? You talking about this this game Oh hold on, I'll I'll ask you the same question before we we move on. You know how would you rate this game that you've been playing?
1: Well, I know it's not quite what you asked, but the first game, I would rate 8.5 out of 10.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I rate it very highly. The story was excellent. It was quite a long game, but there you go.
0: JRPGs uh, tend to be, yeah.
1: Yeah, this game, I would give a 6 or a 6.5.
0: Really? Okay, so you're not as much of a fan of the second one.
1: Definitely not as much of a fan. The first one inspired me to, keep, to, to play and got me excited for the second one. The second one has not done me good. Mm. Uh, also the main character this is one I haven't really mentioned well I I just mentioned it I was saying that the president was a cool guy the president was not the main character the president is like the second character Mm. the main character who is the king's son or whatever is a wet ass little no I can't say that uh, is just pathetic and I couldn't stand like any of the other characters pretty much um especially because you had to use the main character in the last fight and i was like no i want to use ex-president and the ending kind of sucked but that's probably yeah you you know what
0: that actually reminds me of there is something that i want to say or another game i want to compare that to because you reminded me of it. before i go on to that your opinion there about that game it reminds me of (laughs) have you seen the um video game donkey video where he talks about uh dragon quest
1: no so he oh, has maybe a sim- i have and i can't remember it because i've watched a lot of donkey
0: he has a similar uh, opinion on that game with it he thinks the main character is just this you know stupid nothing character who needs a haircut and he's like mm. the real main character is this guy named Silvando. he's the gayest man ever i and, and it's just like and it just it's him like dancing in front of the main character and it just i don't know it's just he he describes how like every other character in the plot is in like so much more interesting than the main guy who is just yeah. a nothing person. And I think a lot of that happens with a lot of JRPGs in particular. The main character is just a nothing person.
1: I should also point out, just in full clarity of fairness, that I did end up playing the game for ninety hours and completing it. So yeah, it's not that bad. I I I talk a hard game, but it is. Well, it's be... fun. It's definitely worth. How much? I don't think it costs that much. Uh, So it's definitely worth buying. I'm just saying, play the first one first, please.
0: There are plenty of games out there that, like, I've played only because I wanted to see where the story went, or because, Mm. like, I just thought that maybe it'll get better later. Or I'm just like, I had nothing else to do. Um,
1: I'm definitely invested in the lore of it.
0: Yeah, but the game that I was thinking of when you're talking about, because talking about real-world people brought into fantasy universes, there's a game called Eternal Sonata. Um not not a huge game i think i still have it somewhere i have it for the xbox 360 um excellent game and the concept the main character is the real world piano composer francois chopin oh yeah um who by the way writes some great music Listen to those. Oh well, yeah. Um, I just well, the thing is, like, I, I didn't really know who the guy was until I played this video game, and then I went back and listened to some of his like piano. Really, um,
1: You've not heard of I'd probably
0: heard of him, but like, I'm not a huge classical music person.
1: Oh,
0: fair um So, but that that actually made me start listening listening to some of his stuff, and yeah, it's really good. I I'm I'm a big. I fan bet of,
1: Kevin was pissed at you.
0: He wasn't even. <laughs> I think Kevin was, like, six when this game was out, so... Yeah, but he definitely knows the composers as He probably it. would now, yeah, but the thing is, I know them now. Yeah. Anyway, uh, he's the main character of this RPG. Mm. He somehow finds himself in this fantasy world, and he goes through all of this stuff, and I'm not going to spoil the ending, because the ending is just this massive twist, and it actually has, like, a really just over-the-top ending... A bit of a tragedy, honestly, but just a, a really, really cool game with a very interesting concept. But the the reason I bring it up is not only like you were talking about how the president was one of your favorite characters. Chopin is the main character of this game, and he actually has a lot of personality like throughout the game. So it's 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 fun. The gameplay is fun. It has like a semi real time battle mechanic where you've got people running around. Anyway, that's not the game I wanted to talk about. Hmm. Um... Game I wanted to talk about, the other game that I've been playing recently has been the Mega Man Legends series. And yes. That's This is
1: Mozart, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs>
0: Mozart, few people know his uh, nickname was Mega Man mm. or Rockman as they call him in Japanese. Um, but yeah, no, the these games came out for the PS1 and I actually um originally got them for the N64. So The first game, Mega Man Legends, came out for the N64 as Mega Man 64. The second game only came out for the PlayStation 1 because, frankly, the N64 cartridges couldn't handle it, and it didn't sell that well on the N64. But I played it, so I played the first one for the N64, the second one for the PS1, and Unlike all the other Mega Man games where it's more of like a side scrolling like shooter game where you you know you get power ups, you beat bosses, you get through levels. I should this... say I've never
1: played a Mega Man game.
0: Yeah, yeah, but but you you've seen what they look like. Yeah. And you've seen other games like they, they have the if you've seen like what Metroid looks like, right? Yeah. It's a very similar concept to what like a Mega Man the, the normal Mega Man game looks like. This one, on the other hand, uh, was kind of they went in a different direction and they did like a third person like uh, RPG kind of game, third person action RPG. So and they they added like a whole new plot and lore and world. So all of the old plot was gone other than the named characters. Mega Man, which in the Japanese version is known as Rock Man. And the reason was his name was Rock. His partner's name was Roll oh so they kept her is name is Ro- dog no no the the dog's name was called i actually forget what the dog was called Roll was the girl though okay um and I don't it,
1: remember it's one of those things know.
0: where it sounds more clever in japanese because it's you know
1: yeah it's interesting it's,
0: it's another yeah exactly so that's why they changed into mega man but they kept her name as Roll, and she's a main character in this um but they've established a whole new lore like the world is like covered with water and there's these dotted islands and continents of like so there's clearly an ancient civilization that existed before them that has like all this technology these people who their job is to go down on digs into these sites and like you know pull That's up
1: strange ancient messages from a thumbberg oh are you talking <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs>
0: god <laughs> that was a slow <laughs> yeah no no it just took a while i just there's there's a lot of stuff i could say
1: <laughs> <It's> <laughs> anyway just, on with the
0: island story yes um <clears throat> anyway yeah so they go around to these different uh, the first game takes place entirely on one island mm-hmm. so uh they are on a dig and their ship gets damaged And they have to make like an emergency landing on an island and they meet up with some of the local townsfolk and they're like, oh, yeah, we just wanted to make sure you're okay here. Come talk to the mayor. We'll see what we can do to help you. And you can investigate. You investigate ruins in the island. But there's also like pirates that are there, too, who are there to steal like stuff from the ruins and basically rob the island. There's a bunch of like plot points that happen throughout it. The first game is very short. Mega Man's booty. Yes, they no, they want the same booty that Mega Man wants.
1: Oh, okay. They want Roll. <laughs> <laughs> um, Wait, Roll's not his sister or
0: something. Is no, it? no, 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 no. He, she's, she's oh, okay. his love interest in the game. Okay. Um. Although there's, there's nothing like in modern games where anything actually. Ha- they they're, they're kids in the game. They're like teenagers. Oh. Okay. Um. Whoops.
1: Mind you, what's Crash Bandicoot then? How old is
0: Crash Bandicoot? Because he has a love interest. I have no idea how old he's supposed to be. I always assumed he was supposed to be like a 20-something.
1: Yeah, because I mean, his girlfriend in the original one is a bit... He's an animal.
0: Uh, He wears trainers and shorts. I I know, I know, but he's an... (laughs) I feel like you can get away with stuff like that when you have like an anthropomorphized animal, which is why furries are everywhere. I (laughs) <laughs> I made don't a weird see. connection, don't worry about it um, Yeah, so, anyway um, You solved the mystery in the first game and at the end of the first game it's revealed that there's actually Mega Man is actually part of this How do I put it? There was some massive cataclysm and all humanity was wiped out and then reseeded by an advanced civilization And then, but the, there's still all of these advanced technologies and if activated it would just wipe out humanity again and in the first game, they reveal that Mega Man has a connection to these, this advanced civilization, but they don't reveal everything. Then in the second game, they expanded. Not, you no longer bound to one island. They have a lot more lore, a lot more plot. You find a lot more about how, like, Mega Man was found by the people who are caring for him now. And how, like, he met Roll and her grandfather, uh, who's actually, like, this famous person who went on digs and did all this stuff. Um...
1: I'm getting strange flashbacks to Rayman.
0: Rayman came out after this game, I think.
1: Oh, okay, where there were pirates that were stealing all the lums. I mean,
0: that's... Pirates exist in this, but that's not quite the same thing.
1: Oh, okay. I thought you were saying it was the... Okay, because you said there were pirates. So There were pirates.
0: Pirates are... But the pirates are just like kind of a side enemy to the main plot.
1: Right. Pirates used to be a lot more enemy.
0: Yeah. There are are three basic factions in this game. There's like the people who are going on these digs. There are the pirates who are trying to rob the towns and stuff like that. And then there's all these, um, in the second game, a lot more. So there's these ancient, um, what am I trying to say? Like ancient computers, basically. Like yeah. these ancient systems that are there to basically wipe out humanity. You, I you you're look gonna like you, say, yeah.
1: I think you going to say back in those days there are three main kinds of enemies, and I was trying to think of them, and I was like, aliens, pirates, and Russians. <laughs> <laughs> they pretty much were the enemies
0: for every game back in the day. Well, in the nineties, yeah, because but the, the Soviet Union had just fallen people will still you know the Russians they were right there I mean it's not like too much has changed these days look what's going on no I mean yeah Um, but (sighs) basically the second game expands that there's like five or six different islands and uh, continents you can go to there's a bunch of different dungeons Uh, part of the, the thing is you have to go down there and collect you know resources and stuff so you can find items and build better weapons and things to actually get to the final boss And, um, you know, it it all ends in the classic anime, like, existential crisis where you're fighting off this thing that could, you know, wipe out humanity as you know it. Yep. Um, And... God damn it. Sorry. (laughs) Neither game is that long. The first game, if you know what you're doing, can be beaten in, like, eight hours.
1: Yeah, but I think that's a lot of old games. If you know what you're doing in those games, you can fly through them but. A lot of old games, you don't know what you're doing. There isn't the internet, and it's going to take you, like, five months to beat. My So uh,
0: you can you can see it behind me. That's, uh, that's it in my N64 right behind me. You guys who are listening to this can't see that. But yeah. behind me, there's an N64 with my original cartridge in it, and that's what I played it through, uh, replayed it on. I still have my old save on there, and it took me, I, I want to say I had 28 hours on that save to beat it the first right. time.
1: So. okay. That's pretty quick for an old game.
0: I mean, my my replay of it, I beat it in 14 hours. But okay. again, that's because I I beat it as a kid, so I I knew what I was doing the second time through. Mm. Um, but yeah, no, it fun fun games, and it, there was supposed to be a third one because there was going to be more lore and there was going to be even more locations and all kinds of new new stuff. It got canceled because. Us. I guess Capcom just didn't think it was worth it to make the game. They did which make a is spin-off.
1: It's kind of a cult game.
0: Yeah, yeah, it didn't sell as well as they thought it would, so they they canned the project, which is unfortunate. There's been a lot of Kickstarters and campaigns to try and get them to come on, make the game, but uh, they, they haven't, uh, which is unfortunate. But the first two games very good and not terribly long so definitely worth a try the controls are a little weird for a modern audience because there didn't used to be two analog sticks back in the day so especially back the movement
1: day, we used the d-pad
0: the movement and looking controls are a bit weird hmm. but uh, besides that fun games Yeah, and in, in keeping with um what we've been doing for these other ones, rating wise. Oh yep. First game, I think I would probably give a solid like. I'm trying to think if I should rate it by. I'm not going to rate it by modern standards. I'm going to rate it by the standards of the day. Okay. So at, by the standards of the day, I'd say the first one is probably like a six point five, right? It's well, no, like... you
1: should you should rate it by the standards of today because if people want to go and play them, then they'll know. Oh, standards of today then, uh, I'm yeah. going to
0: give the first game probably a five.
1: Five, okay.
0: Like, it was it was innovative for the time, it has an interesting story, and it's still, having played it today, there's only a few things that frustrated me about the gameplay, but I still had fun. When did it come out? S- 1997 or six, I want to say. It, oh. it was late 90s.
1: So about 22 years old. No, yeah. 25 years old. Wow, I'm stupid.
0: I think, so my version, the one for the N64, I think came out later around 99, like they released it a little later because they had to convert it to the cartridge. So I played it later than that, but um, yeah, I'd put it around there. There, There's some aggravating control things and stuff, but the story's still good and it's an interesting uh, and unique plot, at least again for the time. The second one I'd rate higher. If I'm rating it by modern standards as well, I'd put that around like a 6.57. Because okay. there's more areas, there's more varied enemies, the boss battles are fun, they've cleaned up the controls you can play it with an analog stick and there
1: is um, It's a lot more optimized
0: Yeah, it's a lot more optimized, the gameplay's more fun, the plot's more in-depth and um, you know there's more varied areas than enemies, so.
1: mm-hmm. and enemies yeah. And the last one? Or is there only two?
0: There's only two, they never released the three? third one right. it, They, yes, they yes, apparently yes. worked on it for a while but never actually finished
1: it i see uh yeah that's the games we've been playing the last two weeks
0: yeah and so next uh we're going to be ending this off but next we've uh we've got a a couple things to talk about in segment three i understand you've watched the new batman movie that's been coming out
1: i have
0: so we'll be talking about that in a little bit but uh this is going to be the end of segment one of the tmcj podcast thank you all for listening and you will hear us again momentarily for segment three Welcome back to the TMCJ podcast. We are on segment three, our wild card segment. And this week, we're just going to be talking about some more stuff. First segment, hey, we talked about <laughs> Batman. Yes, Batman. First segment, we talked about, um, you know, the video games we've been playing this week. And now we're just going to be chatting about some stuff that we've watched this week. Blue has been to see the new Batman movie, uh, which I didn't even realize there was a new Batman movie until I was told about it.
1: Yes, it's a Batman movie uh, with the Batman being played by your favorite sparkly vampire from Twilight. You know what? And I, I will I will say this. I'll say the same thing that I said when
0: you informed me that that was what those trailers were for. I had been seeing these trailers as ads on YouTube or like uh, maybe it was on Amazon or something like that. And I didn't realize it was for Batman because I actually I skipped them the moment I was able to skip them. Yeah. And I saw Robert Pattinson come out. Say some flirty things to a random person, clearly in a school setting. I'm like, are they doing another, a Twilight sequel or? And that, that was, and I, but th- I never thought anything more about it until.
1: Uh, yeah, I apparently that school setting. School setting. All, yeah, all takes place at night, so I don't know where the school scene happened. Maybe he's in something else too. huh he's I also, might. <laughs> all the times he hasn't got his mask on, he's got. Like the the black panda eye patches from when he's just <laughs> taken off the the just like extra emo like he's bleeding black blood from his eyes. Okay, maybe I'm sure it gets many
0: women wet. Maybe he's in another series that I also saw ads for and I'm getting them mixed up. But mm. go ahead, it's your show. But talk
1: for all I mock him, he did actually make a pretty good Batman. And I mean, there's a lot of bad Batman. Stuff.
0: I I should clarify that like <laughs> despite Twilight. And to be fair, I've I've watched all the Twilight movies because, mm. why not? Um, he actually was one of the better things about those movies because he is actually a decent actor despite the fact the script was shit. Like, he was a decent actor.
1: Yeah, every and- time in the Batman film where he said, oh, I'm used to being a creature of the night or something <laughs> like that, I felt like they were harking back to the Twilight <laughs> reference. Um, yeah. It was a bit funny. Uh... Yeah, yeah. They're like, i spent all my life in the dark because I mean, I'm a vampire. Ah! He was in Harry Potter too. He
0: was. He was uh, one of the prefects. Yeah, he was. He was one of the the main characters in the fourth movie. Mm. Third of the fourth, whatever the one where they have to go for that big cup in the maze. Yeah, Goblet of Fire. Goblet of Fire. He was in
1: that one. Um, but yeah, they actually had some particularly some of the scenes where I got real uh, Judge Dredd themes. It felt like, oh. like pretty heavy... They, they emphasized the sound of his, his slow walk being like heavy boots and stuff like that. Uh, and I did get a kind of a sense of it was a bit badass at some points.
0: Yeah, going for the intimidation kind of perspective.
1: Yeah, the villains mm, lacked a bit. The actual main villain was pretty cool. I didn't mind him so much. He is... Quite a famous actor. He was the, uh, you know, in the Big Short. Yep. The guy who had the squiggly eye. And listened to rock music and smashed the drums.
0: Oh yeah 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 him. What well, Christian Bale?
1: Is that right? his name? Okay.
0: Well, he's the one that played. He's the one that played Batman in the recent Batman movies.
1: Oh. I think I think, he played the Riddler, who was the villain in this Batman. That's pretty cool. I was gonna, I, I was yeah. gonna ask
0: which Batman villain they went with, but if if, if it's or, the one that I'm, if it's on. the one I'm thinking of, the guy that listened to like crazy rock and was in like yeah. sandals and barefoot in his office, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, he's the guy who played Batman in the like Dark Knight and
1: the that Batman series. I don't know how I didn't draw that connection, but anyway, but that, that's, I could that's a really be wrong cool about co- him being the Riddler. I could see him being looked, the Riddler. He looked very young in hmm. this film, like very young. But that, I mean make artists these days very good at their jobs. Um But yes, the Riddler is like this uh guy wearing a basically a gimp mask. Um he's not the you know, the, the guy wearing the the you know, the old fashioned thief's mask yeah. and the green bowler hat with the yeah. green suit and the question marks. No, as much like, as
0: that would have been awesome to see.
1: He's more like a really creepy gimp, um, who... It's it, it's very cool, I will say. Um, a lot of the puzzles, the the riddler esque puzzles, are kind of a bit too vague for anyone to have actually worked out in advance, I would say. Um, because a lot of it was like, here's a massive sheet of uh, symbols and a few letters, so batman work it out and it's not saying that the audience ever had a chance to try and get ahead by trying to decipher it i don't feel like which would have been a nice touch i think
0: uh so Uh, um our our live studio audience has provided a the a list of the cast and it is not him oh is it not him no it's a guy called paul dano uh
1: okay well, they look very. They have very similar. They do. They do
0: have a very face similar face structure. Yeah, I could. I could see the confusion. But so, just to clarify, it is not.
1: It is not Christian Bale. <laughs> it is Paul Dano. Um, and yeah, the, the Batmobile, bit lame. Not gonna lie. not as bad as the Dark Knight Batmobile because that was just a kind of shitty tank. Hmm. Uh, they did actually return it to being a car, but it was so. Uh, it's it's clear they're trying to they're trying to go back to the basics a little bit with the car style, which was good, but at the same time, the amount of strength this car had. I mean, this car literally, I think, went through a concrete block at one point uh, and didn't slow down. And yeah, and it also got a massive engine, which is cool, but it's also incredibly exposed because it's just hanging out the back of the car. A couple a couple things to think about about those things like
0: there there's a quote from a series that I watched back in the day and it this is like you know a sci-fi series but they're they're mm-hmm. talking about essentially using these very high speed combat mechs right mm-hmm. It's relevant to this because the one of the pilots realizes that you know this thing is like it's very powerful but it has one weakness. the pilot is a human being. So when you're talking about like a, a big ass car, yeah, you could make a car that had the right kind of materials and stuff like that that could pound through a brick wall. The problem is there's a human driving it and the impact is going to splatter him against the front of the car unless he's a got a great cardiovascular system, which uh, you know, Batman probably does. Uh, and B is restrained very well, you know, in a harness of some kind
1: they very much go for the Batman is kind of a superhero in a suit as opposed to a normal dude in a superhero suit because don't get me wrong bulletproof vests are a wonderful thing but there's a lot of things a bulletproof vest won't be able to stop and pretty much every kind of gun you can think of has shot Batman in this film (laughs) Well, and Uh, one thing a lot of people don't realize,
0: especially when you're talking about, uh, like, Kevlar, it's rare that it'll be able to stop multiple shots. hmm. Because, and I'm not talking about, like, all bulletproof vests, but most of the ones that are, like, standard fare, they can stop, like, a couple pieces of small rounds fire or slow them down. But after that, like, the integrity is compromised, and so another bullet is going to be able to punch through that.
1: There was a scene quite close to the end where he gets lit up by a submachine gun about a meter away. (laughs) Uh, And the bullets all hit his torso, of course, where all the armor is, and no bullets at any point ever aim for his head or just any other part of his body. Um, And then, after he deals with that person, he gets... He, there's an enemy on the floor, right? Picture it. Close your eyes. Imagine. Yep. Uh, enemy is on the floor. They have a double-barreled shotgun. Batman is standing right over them. All right. Now, don't take this the wrong way. It's not. Good. He's not doesn't drop his pants or something, right? That's not this kind of film. <laughs> Batman teabags the shotgun. <laughs> he fires the double-barreled shotgun. At Batman's sternum, when there was like literally two or three inches from his, like the barrel to Batman. From a. Like long barreled shotgun.
0: To be fair. Knowing what I know. That is more realistic than the submachine gun. Because. <laughs> so. It doesn't make a whole lot of sense. A shotgun has a whole lot of force, but it fires tiny pellets. So those yeah, can be stopped more. Through. No, no, no. They they actually don't have a whole lot of penetrating power. Unless you're okay. talking about. Uh, so there's. Fletcher rounds, okay. We would have gone there, there are, there, there are three, three, well, three main types of shot. You have birdshot, yeah. which is tiny, tiny little balls and tons of them. Those mm. things don't punch through anything, which is why you use them on birds. There's buckshot, which is made to take down deer. It's bigger balls, but they're still not going to punch through much unless, you know, again, but unprotected flesh. And yep. then there's slugs. Yeah. A which slug will dead. knock through a fucking brick wall. Yeah. And it's just a giant marble made of lead. Um, if they were firing buckshot or birdshot, then maybe you could probably like birdshot. No problem. Buckshot. It probably wouldn't penetrate the Kevlar. Even at that they, range. They but there had would have been sli- enough... Okay. Sorry. But there would have been enough force to knock him on his ass. That's all I'm going to say.
1: They had sniper rifles, so I'm going to assume that they had pretty high-level gear. If...
0: To, to be honest, if they were using a shotgun in that kind of situation, they, they probably would be firing slugs. But, but, so, but, but the, submachine, the reason I'm saying the submachine gun is, is the, the, the one that I, I doubt the most is because Mm. a a submachine gun typically fires 9mm ammunition, like pistol ammunition. And like I was already saying, Kevlar is going to be compromised up to the first shot or two. So if you're firing like 10 shots in there, at least the latter five shots are going into him. Mm. Sorry, go on. I mean,
1: Just just the the very fact that you're obviously wearing a lot of body armor, being able to do like fucking karate and all that shit, which he does throughout the film, he would have to be, don't get me wrong, peak performance male <laughs> i mean credibility or uh, credit to the uh
0: the Zack snyder batman movies if you remember when he's talking to lucius fox in those mm. movies there's the whole thing about him listen. like i want to be a little bit more mobile because you know he's, yeah. he's got all this armor but it's co- and lucius well you're gonna trade off you might actually have to worry about getting shot or getting stabbed now but you'll be more mobile but you'll be more vulnerable
1: um, but yeah, so the Batmobile wheel was... Meh. Uh, the body arm was just ridiculous. Um, at one point, he's escaping from cops, alright? He gets right to the top of this building, which, for some reason, the police station is a skyrise. Dunno. Uh, he jumps off the top of the skyrise. The
0: police cannot afford a skyrise in America.
1: <laughs> right. that's, that's... Yeah, that's what I was... <laughs> He jumps off the top of it, he activates his wingsuit, and he's aiming for, like, a bridge because style points, I guess. And there's a bus. uh, So there's, like, two sides of the skyrise. There's the empty side, and there's the side that the bus is going under. So he chooses the side that the bus is going under. (laughs) And then, as he's coming down, he's going to, like, slide between the bus and the roof of the, um, like, the bridge going over, right? Yeah. That's when he chooses to use his parachute to slow his fall. So the parachute extends, less than a second later, it wraps up onto the overpass, and Batman swings up and face-plants the bottom of the bridge. <laughs> it's like, uh, what I, I, I you thinking?
0: I was going to say maybe they were going for, like obviously everything up until now, you can suspend your disbelief. You can imagine that this is how bullets work, but I, I, was, I was thinking like they're going for style over
1: substance.
0: Oh yeah, but <laughs> now, but now <laughs> that's not even style.
1: <laughs> it's actually fucking funny. The person next to me, uh, gone to my way just burst out laughing. <laughs> it was oh, it was just weird. Uh, the villains, uh, like I said, the Riddler, mm. real good. There's some really fucked up scenes in it. Um, the
0: Riddler, I think, is a, a Batman villain. I'm kind of sad the Riddler didn't show up in some of the other... Um, yeah, he's not in many of them. They yeah. always go with
1: Penguin or the Joker, generally.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Joker's the classic one. I, I do think he's one yeah. of the better ones out there. But
1: So the Penguin is there, and this is back in the day when the Penguin is not one of the head crime syndicate families, I guess. he He runs the Iceberg Lounge... He's got a fucked up face Mm. Uh, and he basically caters to the higher class of criminal. Mm. Um, They didn't do the pearls, which I know it's an intricate part of Batman lore. Do you know what I mean by the pearls? I don't actually. So basically in every Batman film, they always have a recollection of Bruce's parents dying. Oh, you're talking about, yeah, the pearls that his, his mother had on. Does, yeah, okay, yes. I do
0: I do know what you're talking about then.
1: Yeah, they didn't do that, which, thank fuck, because honestly, it's it's one of those tropes which I just, it's such a boring detail, but I don't care.
0: It is, I, I just, I, one
1: it's it. one of those things that, like,
0: you know, if there's, I don't know, a waltz always has a certain sort of, like, thing that it always has. Like, a uh, you know, there, There's something that, that always exists when you have, like... It's a trope, and it's a tradition, but I can I can understand wanting to break away and try something different. Sorry, go on.
1: Well, it, it, they just didn't do a flashback, which I was very thankful for, because we all know the fucking story. Right?
0: That's that's a good point, yeah. At this point, everyone knows Batman.
1: Yeah. Um, and the, the Riddler... So he's basically wiping out certain significant figures from around the city who are all corrupt. Alright? Mm. So technically he's kind of like Batman except he's killing the people. Yeah. Um so he's getting all like the head of the DA and the head of the police and what is that thing and he's torturing them and then killing them. And then he sends a package to Bruce Wayne and Batman's like, oh shit, he knows that it's me. And Alfred opens the package, has an oh fuck moment, throws it across the room, and explodes. And there's a card that says, uh, "To Batman, see you in hell."
0: Who who played Alfred? Out of curiosity. Uh. Or
1: I'm not
0: sure was it was it like actually. a kind of a traditional Alfred character? Or was it? Like...
1: Yeah, Alfred. They they played Alfred well.
0: Okay. i because um, I I think he's he's always in a lot of Batman shows, he's kind of an underappreciated gem. He
1: is, yeah. I, th- I think there's a lot of good Alfreds out there. Yeah. Um, And so, yeah, Batman's like, okay, fuck, he just tried to assassinate me. But then they catch the Riddler on the next assassination, and they send him to Arkham. Mm. And so Batman goes over to Arkham to be like, to confront him. And the Riddler's just like talking to him and saying all these things about Bruce Wayne and the Batman... And so, and Batman's just looking like a depressed fucking child that's just been told off, because obviously this guy's worked out that he's Bruce Wayne. Hmm. And then the Riddler says something, and Batman's like, "Hey, on a second, he has no fucking clue that Bruce Wayne is Batman." And Riddler actually thinks that Batman has been working with the Riddler all this time. It's a really interesting twist. Uh, and then the Batman's like, in a kind of weird and striking back out of childishness way, is like, "You're insane and fuck you, Riddler, and you're stupid and you're an idiot." And, uh, and the Riddler's like, "What the fuck, dude? Fuck you! You can burn in hell with them, the rich guys." Um, but it's I, really interesting
0: because the Riddler thought he was on his side. Anyway, go. Yeah, uh, well, two things I was going to say. That, that seemed like a really obvious it, it's great it's funny that the the greatest detective in the world didn't figure this out I'm like the moment the package shows up at Bruce Wayne's house my first thought was like oh he just thinks Bruce Wayne's another like you know corrupt kleptocrat right um, it, it's yeah. weird that he jumped to that conclusion and B I think that that is that is one of the more annoying tropes in modern movies and TV it's something I'm seeing more and more is that the main character throws a temper tantrum like that. Like, I feel like it, yeah. it, not a, not, it doesn't always have to be the main character, but it does happen more and more, I find, where they're trying, like, the writers are trying to do, like, a tense scene of some kind, and mm. it just comes off as a petulant child, like, throwing a tantrum.
1: But yeah, it turned out when the card said "see you in hell," he didn't mean literally see you in death. He meant Arkham Asylum. He knew he was going to Arkham Asylum. Mm. Yeah, you'd see seen there. I'll meet you there. Um, and yeah, a lot, lots of fucked up scenes, and that's when this his he. <laughs> I think like uh, the Riddler. Basically, uses TikTok to get his followers on side. Kind of thing. It's, it's fucking weird. But I guess they're trying to make it modern and hip. Okay. Um, and, yeah, it was all like, oh, we're tired of people lying to us. And, um, there was some genuinely, like, a human-esque side to him. Especially because he had, like, you know, these thick nerd glasses. And he was essentially a little kid. Uh, hold up, Blue.
0: Go on. Alright. It it only lasted for like a few seconds there but you went pixely and jittery as fuck I don't doubt that that went well on the recording but uh, (laughs) can you just repeat like the last like 10 seconds of what you said
1: for for my sake so for the recording Uh, so I think uh, they did a good job portraying the Riddler because they made him quite humanist Um, they, 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 they were saying you know there's all these people in power who They could be lying. They could be telling the truth. You have no idea, and you have no control over it. Um, And also because he looked kind of like a kid under a mask, that it was like you almost kind of feel a bit, a little bit bad. And he still looks pretty old, but um, yeah, he just seems like a guy who's really been shat on all of his life. Uh, And then right at the end, they did the classic uh we want more money trick of oh and who's sharing the cell next to riddler there might be a sequel a guy that talks about clowns who could that be joker <laughs> yeah um,
0: yeah yeah i got that i mean uh, <laughs> with batman i get the fact that they're trying to like put together a franchise they're All these movies now, like sequels, are how they're making money. Like they're like this has to be a franchise.
1: Well, something I said when we left the theater was that they almost always leave the Joker for the second film because if the first film flops, they're like, whatever, the Joker's next, so people are going to come back to watch it anyway. Yeah. And to be fair, like
0: Dark Knight, that God, that was a great Joker. It was. That was one of the best Jokers out there.
1: Um, uh, in fact, part of the third Dark Knight, I, I definitely say it's better than the third Dark Knight film. Yeah, I might,
0: I might actually. I, I feel like this is this is a movie like based on what you're you're talking about. It might be something that I check out uh, at some point, maybe down the road when it comes for you know on Amazon or Netflix or. I, can get I will
1: it. say it's almost three hours long. Jesus Christ! Yeah,
0: I mean. Don't get me wrong. I'm fine watching a long movie if it's good. I love Troy, the un, uh, the director's cut version of it, which is like two hours and 40 minutes long. Mm. Great movie, and I enjoy every second of it. Um, and, you know, I, I watched all the extended cuts of Lord of the Rings movies, also very good. Um, but each movie is like three or four hours long. Mm. Uh, just, yeah, okay. Yeah, but it's interesting. Robert... Patterson is not somebody that I ever would have pictured as Batman, but we'll see how Does it goes.
1: It, yeah, yeah.
0: I mean, any it's, the, one person who I thought could do a good Batman and ended up being a crap Batman uh, was Ben Affleck. In oh. I, I didn't like you in the new DC universe, right? Like he was in the uh, Justice League one. He was in Batman versus Superman. Like, I don't know. I thought he was a crap Batman.
1: I don't see David Tennant as the Batman. Scottish Batman.
0: <laughs> 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 he, he can't cover up his accent, though. He has to actually
1: be a Scottish oh, yeah. Batman. Oh, yeah. I think that would be hilarious and awesome. Oh, God. All right, well, um,
0: continuing with the theme, you know, rate it.
1: Oh, yep. Yeah. Um Okay. Well, first of all, we're gonna work out a scale. So I'm gonna say the Joker Dark Knight was like a nine. Yeah, I'd be on board with that. Uh, I think the Bane Dark Knight—that's the third ep- uh, third installment in the series. Yep. <sighs>
0: Seven. Yeah, it's about what I'd put. I I might go a little lower, but about that. But yeah, yeah, I was
1: thinking six and a half so. Um so I'm going to say by that logic that this is an eight. Okay. Okay. So actually
0: a, a bit of an endorsement for it then. Mm. Cause I mean, the the Dark Knight is it's one of it's one of the better superhero movies that I've seen. Like one of the best super I it's flat out one of the best superhero movies I've seen. It's but yep. beyond that, it's just a good movie. Hmm. Um Okay, so I may have to check this out then. Is it called anything in particular, or is it called Batman?
1: I don't know. I'm, I think it's just called Batman. One thing that kind of wound me no, up was I, that I, Sorry, I,
0: again, our studio audience. It's called The Batman. Oh, uh,
1: well, okay. <laughs> um, not, it's, it's called Not Those Other Batmen. <laughs> <laughs> um, not Your Father's Batman. Literally, like the next day. Bear in mind, we watched it on the second day of release, right? And the theater mm. was almost empty. So I'm guessing other people maybe didn't like it. But the next day after I watched it, I was getting like Lego ads for the car. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like Lego versions of the new of Bat- the Batmobile. Ad. Yeah, and it was kind of like, mm. ouch, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> God. Yeah, I. <laughs> Speaking of Lego, I mean, I yeah, I've still got that
0: Lego set. That's something I got to build it. Uh, yeah, that was that was something that happened this week. I had an urge to uh, build a Lego set because I realized I hadn't in like a year or so, and so now I have a Lego Tie Fighter that I plan to put together.
1: Yes. He needs to renew his engineering license. So what they <laughs> do is they send you a box of Lego, <laughs> a box of Legos, and have you make something. Yeah. Honestly, I would, I would, God,
0: if if I could get engineering certificates by actually building something instead of taking stupid fucking <laughs> quizzes I would do it a lot more often Fair. most of my certifications that I have to take it's like a massive multiple choice qu- uh, question quiz in a room and it's mm. boring as hell that's not what engineering is about you gotta build shit
1: not in a room <laughs> <laughs> be out on a, they're you up on a skyscraper no walls and they just have pieces of paper on a wooden desk. And you have to keep all of them on the table while <laughs> writing your notes.
0: Oh, my God. <laughs> all right. Well, you know what? I, so I have been watching a couple things this week, too. Mm. Um, In fact, and I think I may have talked a little bit about this anime on the podcast before, uh, but it, it's been at least a year. Um. So the anime is Yu Hakusho. Hmm and it is I'm
1: just saying this is the same for any other people but if i hear any japanese name it just re- registers as insert japanese title here and i have no idea which one it is
0: the the main character's name is yusuke urameshi which again great great you know random japanese name but <laughs> but all right so the plot of this anime main character yusuke dies in the first 10 seconds of the anime you one of these he gets hit by a car yeah so actually it's it's more like the first 10 minutes so the plot is that but this is the different thing though because like the classic anime protagonist is normally like a decent guy or he's like a like a you know i've seen
1: different animes where the main character gets hit by a car or a bus in the first five minutes and they're all assholes that just want women and money all right well that's not this guy (laughs) okay
0: so this guy is a random like 14 year old like high school student who is a punk a dropout has only one friend constantly gets into street fights but has this one moment where he like saves this little kid you're saying this like there's a lot of animes like this out there i can't think of a single other one that actually meets these criteria
1: uh re-zero i don't think i've seen that one okay
0: uh go anyway um the reason that i bring this up uh hasn't like it, it's still one of my favorites is because all throughout the series the main character never grows from that like, he, he kind of, like, gets along with a few other people, but for the entire duration of the series, the main character is an absolute dumbass. Like, he, he stumbles his way through everything, and every time, like, you know, the, the person is, like, uh, trying to give him, like, eventually he gets, like, um, sorry, I, I'm going way out of order. He gets killed. He gets an ordeal from the spiritual world to, like, win his life back if he can accomplish a task. He ends up fucking that up horribly. And, sorry, you're raising your hand. Do you have something to Does say to the class? Does get an attractive
1: woman to, to, to go around with him helping him on his journey? Yes. Alright, continue. She hates it. I've never yeah. I've never seen this anime before, I'm just saying tropes of this kind of anime. <laughs> okay, on. that's that's fair. This
0: to be fair, this anime may have generated those tropes, because this anime came out in the early nineties. Right. So it's quite an old one. Mm. Um anyway, so Hammond is he, he does eventually come back to life despite the fact that he fucks up everything. In terms of, like, he screws up his entire task, but it just ends up working out in his favor because of contrived coincidence. Um, The reason I bring this up is one of the only animes from this era that I would recommend watching the English dub of. Because the Japanese sub takes things a lot more seriously, whereas the English dub, you can clearly tell that they were having a lot more fun with it and they were really laying into the fact that the main characters were absolute dumbasses. Like there's a scene where first of all the best characters in the entire anime is a guy named Kuwabara. Guy's a bit of an idiot like everyone else in this anime and he's also the main rival for the main character from like his high school and just kind of begrudgingly becomes a part of everything there is a scene where he is going into a battle where he's almost surely going to lose and his exact line is a mulberry is a tree Kuobara no no sorry yeah a mulberry is a tree kuwabara is a man and then he just gets his ass kicked
1: but See. I, ju- I just looked up images of it and it looks very dragon ball era it's from that era
0: yeah it's Hmm. from that same era of anime i anyway i watched the whole thing from beginning to end and it definitely goes through a bit (laughs) of a like a power scale craziness at the end right but they don't fall into the trap of a lot of anime where they kind of keep it going and try to like you know keep it like escalating further and further and further they just hit an end point and they're like you know what let's wrap up the story yeah, And then there's a bit of a, like, a really heartwarming, like, everyone lives happily ever after kind of ending. And, but it's, it's not, but they do it in a way that doesn't seem to be a cliche. Okay. There's, <laughs> but there are quite a few um, great one-liners in it in the english sub of it anyway I, that, that's what i've been doing I, I didn't really have anything to to say about it too much um just that it's good it's a classic and watch it in english it's fucking hilarious
1: to be fair it sounds like an older version of that kind of anime does appeal to me more because in the more modern ones i don't know how overtly sexualized this one is but
0: no there's no none of
1: that Okay, well, great, because the, all of the modern ones feel no. very sexualized. Um, there there is... Lo- Go I, I will
0: say right off the, the... So when you said an attractive support character, yes, there is, but that's not... Her defining quality. Exactly. Like, in fact, the main character doesn't even, like, give her the time of day. Like, so from the very beginning, the main character has one love interest and it's never in question. And it's his yeah. childhood friend and she's not overtly sexualized at all like every character like there's no romantic subplots
1: okay so the, sorry go. it's it's
0: mostly a kind of coming of age like this main character his whole life he he grows up he has a single mother who's an alcoholic um and him finding this job becoming this spirit detective and hunting demons and stuff like that that's him finally finding responsibility he finds father figures and like all of the wrong people like most of the enemies that he fights throughout it like it actually has a fairly complicated story under the veneer of this kind of classic anime trope with Mm. some other stuff happening but go on what were you gonna
1: uh, so I was just going to list a few of the examples. So ReZero, which we talked about, is the one that has Rin and Ren in it. Or Rim and Rem. I can't remember. I two know. maids. One has blue hair, one has red or pink hair. Uh, They're a massive internet sensation for a while because everyone found them incredibly attractive.
0: Yeah, I don't um, know this one. I, I looked it up to be sure, but I don't know this one.
1: Yep, so that's one where the person comes to the world and every time he dies he's like Grandhog Day he just wakes up again. Or yeah, it's
0: not it's not that.
1: No. Um the uh, but it, from your description I, I was feeling similar themes. The other two, there was one where uh, yep, someone dies, they are given one wish and they're introduced into a new world and they wish that the goddess that's speaking to them was there with them. So she's dragged along, she's stupid but attractive yeah it's, uh, and that's that's kind of how that goes and then finally there's one where uh a different anime where literally the same fucking thing happens where they get a goddess on their side and they're doing an adventuring party and i i yeah. should
0: clarify that he dies and the whole reason he doesn't immediately go to the spirit world right mm. is because of a clerical error like, he's, yeah. not the, he's not the chosen one or any stupid shit no. like that. Literally, the the pilot of the river sticks comes by and is like, yeah, we didn't expect you to die. And he's like, well, what do you mean? You expected me to let this little kid die in front of a car? And hes they're like, no. Actually, we expected you not to save the kid at all. You, you, you seemed like an asshole. Mm-hmm. And um, he's like, you know, what kind of piece of shit do you think I am? And he's like, well, I wasn't going to tell you this because, you know, I, I thought that it would make you even more angry. It's like, that kid actually would have lived if you hadn't a jumped out in front of the car. He would have been fine. It's like, so, by well. the way, your death was a total waste. Mm. <laughs> and so, like, it, it's not like he's the chosen one or anything like that. And it's not like he gets reincarnated over and over. It's that...
1: That was kind of the same thing of with, with at least one of them. I remember that being the thing where like the person wasn't actually going to die that they jumped out in front of the thing for. Um, yeah. If it's uh, something yeah.
0: that came out around the time of ReZero, then it would have been... Like, this one would have been the precursor to that. This definitely
1: of, was like the precursor to all of them. Um, Do you have... No, that, that sounds kind of interesting.
0: Yeah. It, it I, looks different, which is good. It, it came out in... I want to say the first... It was in the early 90s. Um, mm. And I want to say it finished up in the mid-90s. Because it's not super long. It's 112 episodes.
1: Yeah. But, also, one I've been watching more recently, but it's kind of quite a bit different, I'd say. Is that Time I Was Reincarnated as a Slime? <laughs> I've heard of this one. I've never seen it. S- Scott was big on it. I've watched a few episodes of it, and it's quite funny. It follows kind of similar trend, but it's less... It's less tropey. uh and it's just it's just a funny anime watch mm-hmm. um, uh, yeah, where this literal slime monster that has the ability to absorb any attacks, so of course they very quickly become vastly overpowered, but they're still a slime
0: um, that, that reminds me of um so last thing I'll talk about before we end off the podcast, yeah sorry. um. <laughs> It, one of my friends, he had to go to Japan quite a bit for work because his company did a bit of work with, like, Mitsubishi and, like, some other random Japanese companies. Nice. Um, he picked up a manga while he was there for me. It's entirely in Japanese, so I can't read a damn word of it. Yeah. But the, the, the plot of the manga, it's following, like, a D&D-style adventuring party but it doesn't follow any of the stuff they do when they're actually fighting monsters or questing. The entire book is when they're camping. So oh, when, they're, when they when they set this, up yeah. their campfire and like cook dinner and chat with each other around the fire and that is the whole story. It's just their downtime. It's the downtime of the adventurers. Like
1: I, I like are well, sure like aware, of, of when you're playing a D&D campaign for real, the the boringest part is the combat. Because, yeah, people can die in the combat, but other than that, unless you've got some really creative players, the combat's going to be pretty much, I use this spell, I roll to hit, I roll for damage next turn. You've never played a game
0: with me when I'm one of the players. The kind of crazy shenanigans I think up in combat give Jesse nightmares.
1: Yeah, and I love that when a player does it, and they do occasionally... So I had a player that threw, I think I've said this on a very old podcast, but threw a jar of oil at an enemy, lit a match, and then just ran at the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and I was so, like, fuck yeah, this is a stupid idea, but I love it.
0: Let me give you an example of one of the things I did. Uh, yeah. So we found a corpse of a Tyrannosaurus in the forest, mm. and there was something glowing from a hole in its stomach. Oh, yeah, I remember this. And I'm like, my character's immune to disease. And everyone's like, oh, go in there and get it. And so... Acid
1: counts as disease,
0: though. uh, I also had... uh, I could cast a spell that made me immune to poison as well. Mm. Uh, Luckily, there was no acid. Acid There was no acid. stomach? There was no... It was was dead. Jesse didn't think of it. Don't give him ideas. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Anyway, so, like... (laughs) I crawled inside this thing. And of course, when I got inside of it, it immediately got up because it was a zombie dinosaur and started attacking the party. And Jesse was, you know, he's like, "Okay, make this kind of a check to see if you fall over. I'm like, what if I don't want to stop myself from falling over? Like, and I was like, I just want to curl up into a pinball and let myself ping around inside this thing, like as it attacks my teammates. Mm -hmm. And it worked out. So the way he did it was like, I could make attacks but every time I hit a wall, I would take equal damage to the thing when yeah. I slammed into it. So I was taking fall damage inside the dinosaur, and I ended up doing Full the damage? majority of what? Fall damage is what you went with. How big was this fucking creature? <laughs> I again, it was. It was. He had to come up with the mechanics on the fly. As a, you know, yeah, you, okay. you, you're a DM. I'm a DM. You kind of, you kind of have to make up some rules as you go. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um. But it ended up with me like using a divine smite to blow up the top of this thing, mm. <laughs> as as my teammates ran around outside of it trying to to keep it going. I mean, I, I love creative stuff like that. But you're right; a lot mm. of the more creative stuff happens in the conversations rather than the. And the, the combat.
1: absolute worst thing I hate more than anything else is people that have magic missile, because you don't you don't even need to ask them to roll to hit because it's an automatic hit. Let They're me just let like, me talk. Oh, hit you, you and you. Here's the damage. Go next. All right. Here's a hot take. I think magic missile is shit. I well,
0: I think what? it's a piece of shit. It doesn't efficiency wise. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, granted, it's it's a guaranteed hit, so it's great against things that have like high evasion or high AC. But in and most cases, they don't need to be next to each other.
1: They could be anywhere around you. In
0: most cases, I find it crap. Like I find okay. that they're, but again, that's I play. I don't play spellcasters. Maybe for a spellcaster, that makes sense.
1: Mm-hmm. It's like barbarians could do crazy high damage, yeah, but they can basically only do it one person at a time. The I characters like you get at like level two.
0: The characters I've played the most in D anD D is uh, paladins. Mm. Paladin is my go-to. It's just enough spellcasting, but I still get to hit shit. Mm.
1: Yeah, if I were to actually join that, because my is always in time. We've gone wildly off track. Maybe we should... <laughs> maybe we should stop. A I mean, too we've far kind off. of translated
0: just talking <laughs> yeah. about D&D. I don't know, but sometimes these are the more fun conversations to have on this. I know, but,
1: but we will be here for another hour. If you're right, you're right. <laughs>
0: yeah, the podcast is already at an hour and a half. I I, I don't want to go too much further. Um, well, you know, next time maybe we'll just tell some more D&D stories or something. But yes. in the meantime... um. This is going to be the end of episode 81 of the TMCJ podcast. Thank you all for listening, and you will hear us again in two weeks for episode 82.
1: Batman!